0: podcast. I'm your host, Travis Thomas. So excited today to have a good friend of mine joining uh, the weekly yap. Uh, his name is Josh Liffrack, and he is the director of mental skills for the world champion Chicago world champion. Cubs. How do you feel about that, Josh, world champion?
1: <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> well, Josh, thanks for joining the weekly yap today, man. <laughs>
1: uh winning the world series is uh beyond our wildest dreams although we all knew it would happen sooner or later we just didn't know it would happen this soon so we're, we're really happy and uh, just excited and yeah man good, good times no doubt
0: well uh, there's a lot of people josh who actually never got a chance to see it happen who thought it's going to happen sooner or later so uh, uh you're in That's unique about- unique territory.
1: You know, that's a really good point because I think we didn't even realize, you know, I think we were so focused on just getting a job done and uh, staying in the process of what it takes to get that job done that we didn't really recognize the magnitude of it until after it all happened. And and once it happened, you know, you had this parade and there was 5 million people there and there's grandparents and, you know, people going to graves and, you know, it really hit us all then. Um, You know, we knew what it meant to the people of Chicago and we knew what it meant to us. But so I think there's, there's knowing and there's experiencing
0: Right? And so we knew We hadn't experienced it And then you experience it and it was like wow Holy cow Right, right And so uh, I know we'll get into that a little bit here uh, As we jump into it But before we even do that Josh uh, For our listeners out there Tell us um, what does it mean To be the director of the mental skills For the Chicago Cubs What does that entail? Yeah, my role is to make sure the players, uh, the coaches
1: are ready um, pretty much for every moment uh, of the game. Uh, Ultimately, it means just being present. So my job is to help our players, our athletes, our our coaches, our managers, to help them be as present and as focused as possible uh, in the moment. And we have a team of, of uh, five of us that, that go around and, and, and really help out uh, in terms of training the, the mind. And so there's myself, uh, Dr. Ken Revizza from Cal State, who formerly of Cal State Fullerton. He's retired from there, and he just consults with us now. Um, John Baker, Darnell McDonald, and the unbelievable Ray Fuentes. So the five of us just run around like crazy people and uh, try and, get, and really work to, to help uh, our staff and our players to just be in the moment.
0: This idea of, of, of being in the moment, and can you can you give us a practical example? So what, what does that really mean when it comes right down to being a better baseball player? Yeah, what, what it means is uh, focusing
1: on what you have to do in that certain situation and in that moment. So let's just take a person getting in and out of the batter's box, right? So you have your hitter, and he's in the batter's box, and if he's thinking about really anything other than picking up the pitch focusing on executing his plan and putting a good swing on the ball then everything else uh, it's going to be very very tough for him to be successful in that endeavor um, if you are thinking about you a know, fight you got in with your girlfriend last night if you're thinking about how bad the umpire has been if you're thinking about how hot it is if you're thinking about what the pitcher even looks like if you're thinking about Uh, the situation and what it means if you strike out or don't strike out, what it means if you get a hit or don't get a hit, you know, all those things. If you're in any of those moments, then you're not going to have your eyes focused. You're not going to be attuned to what pitch is coming out of the pitcher's hand in the .015 seconds you have to make a decision. And ultimately and consequently, then it's left to luck. So if you're not in that moment, in in that focused endeavor, that 0.015 seconds that's a blink of an eye, right? So if you miss it, you miss it and then then it's just luck. So... We try and eliminate luck by being prepared and being focused and being in the moment. So the pitch comes out of the hand, recognize the pitch, fastball, high and away. I leave off that one. That's not my pitch. I'm not swinging at it because I have my plan planned out in my mind. Ball goes up and away. You take ball two. Now it's a 2-0 count. I'm in the moment. Now I reset again and I just get back to it.
0: So you're you're always bringing you're always bringing your attention back to to the present moment to what's happening right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What's important now? That's that's a huge, huge, huge factor. You know, and and it, that's it, right? If you're not in the now, then you're in the in the future or in the past. And the head, the mind, does not perform as well in the future or in the past as in the present.
0: And and for everyone listening, uh, uh, the way Josh and I know each other is uh, uh, when I was working at IMG Academy, uh, Josh was there uh, on the mental conditioning team, and and Josh had been there, I think, what, 10 years before I was even there, Josh? Uh, Well, no, I
1: wasn't there 10 years. I was there 10 years in total. Okay. So I was there... About eight eight years uh, then. uh, Yeah. Six or seven, yeah, seven or eight years before uh, you came in. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: And so, uh, w- one of the first things I did was, uh, being an IMG, I would go around and, and just uh, sponge as much of, of the sessions that I could. And I remember Josh sitting in probably your, the first session I sat in of yours. You were talking to baseball guys. These were probably high school or post grad baseball guys, and you were kind of sharing this exact same idea of <clears throat> once you're in the batter's box, you're not thinking of anything except that ball. Uh, now, when you step out of the batter's box, you're you're taking in sort of the bigger picture. you know, know, maybe the score, the situation, the pitch count, you're you know, you're taking all that, but once you step into the box, it's all about being so clearly focused on on the ball on the moment. Um how do you teach that? How do you teach that to professionals? How do you teach that to kids?
1: Yeah, that's it's it's uh you know there's there's education and then there's practice, right? So the education part really isn't that difficult because there's a ton of science out there about how to get there, um, and a lot of it has to do with just practicing, being in the moment, which really boils down to meditation. So we do a lot of meditating um, with our with our with our players and with our staff. In addition, I think it's really important for the players to recognize their own selves in this endeavor. And so what are the things that they know that will bring them out of their focus? What are the things that they know that will, you know, adjust where their heads are locked onto? Um, and then what can they do to get back there? So again, we always, I used to laugh when, when Travis and I were at the Academy, they, there was these chairs in the basketball gym and they used to say, stay focused. And I always used to laugh at that because that, that's almost an impossible situation to stay focused the entire, um, Game, the entire at bat, all that stuff. It's more about regaining focus and recognizing when you've lost that focus. Mm. So, and doing it quickly. Yeah. Right. So the 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 ones who can do it faster, the ones who recognize that they're a little bit off kilter, they're the ones
0: that can get back quicker. And when you get back quicker, you're in the moment longer. Okay. And so you know working with that uh, with a major league baseball team, you're working with players. I mean, it's a global game. You're working with guys from all over the world, all different languages, all different cultures. Um, and so how do you sort of how you know what is the receptivity uh, with so many different personalities, different characters coming from so many different backgrounds?
1: Yeah, for us, it's, it's good. Uh, we've been really lucky that we have, like I said, we have five people on our team. So there's a lot of different personalities that mesh well together. In other words, if somebody maybe doesn't connect on a, um, an emotional level with myself or you know, a deeper level with myself, maybe they connect better with Ken. And so that's one of the things is that we pride ourselves on it as a staff is we don't have an ego. Our, our, our goal is the mission and the mission is to win a World Series for the people of Chicago. So that, that mission... Um, you know, takes precedence. So it doesn't matter. Hey, if this guy doesn't really warm up to me, who cares? Right. Maybe he warms up better to Darnell, or maybe he warms up better to Ray. Then we'll, you know, we have five options there. So, um, uh, ultimately what the players know is that this stuff is important. Um, it's, it, 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 it really, really, really is clearly a fabric of how we go about our business, that the mental game matters. Um, And I I always laugh at at, um, organizations or other teams or other, you know, high schools, colleges where, oh, the mental game, whatever you have, you know, that's just so antiquated it's it's hilarious to me. Um, So, you know, we're lucky enough that we're an organization that really prides itself on the fact that we're mentally tough. And the way that we're mentally tough is that we fight and we claw and we strive on every single aspect of the game, whether it be physical, whether it be mental, tactical, technical. We're going to be ahead of the curve on that. Um, and that's why we're world champions.
0: Well, you know, Josh, uh, obviously getting an opportunity to be out there with you about a you know, month and a half ago, um, I'm wearing my meditating cub shirt right now yeah. uh, with a lot of pride. <laughs> Um, and uh, I was, you know, I was thoroughly impressed with uh, with the the culture of, of just being out there. And obviously, it was the instructional league coaches and players during that time. But the the mindset and the culture was uh, was very evident. It was very palpable. Uh, being being in there for those three days, can you speak a little bit to uh, how you would sort of describe sort of the the current um, culture of the Cubs right now? Yeah, um, our culture is is, is an acronym, um,
1: strangely enough, and, and the acronym is is CUB, uh, courage, urgency, and belief. Right. So the courage to do the right thing, the urgency to do it right now, and the belief to get it done that you're going to get it done. So those three aspects are, are huge for us. And you know what we really realized, what we kind of our whole foundation for everything is that you don't have to be sick to get better. Number one, and, and number two. You know, be be present, not perfect. So what we did right there in our foundation is we recognized that we're going to make mistakes and mistakes are fine as long as you learn from them and grow from them. And then number two is within the Cubs, Cubs acronym, the urgency piece is, hey, we can always work to do something more, right? So there's a our culture is really one of openness and and willingness to learn, and then an urgency and a courage to do things the right way and to get them done quickly, and then finally a belief that we can get it done. So that's really the fabric of our culture.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic, and it's one thing you know to hear different organizations talk about. Oh, we're open minded, and you know. Uh, <laughs> But to, to, to actually see it and experience it, um, it, it's clearly another thing. And to see sort of the impact that that's having from a performance standpoint uh, is it, pretty impressive. Um, and for you individually, you know, um, how did you sort of get into this world in the first place? You know, for me, it
1: was a, a long—it um, was a little bit of a trip after— after I graduated from uh, my undergraduate degree, so I have an undergraduate degree from uh, the Venerable uh, University of R- Rhode Island in Kingston, Rhode Island, and that degree is in sociology. So I was a waiter for ten years. <laughs> 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 I've mean, used that joke way too many times already, uh, but yeah. So right, so I was waiting tables, and I didn't really know what to do with my life, and so I bounced around. Um, when you wake tables you can pretty much work wherever so I just bounced around the country bounced around the world a little bit just trying to find myself Um, ended up in in Manhattan um, really basically because I wanted an adventure right if you're going to have an adventure during your life you you go live in Manhattan I mean every single step is an adventure in that town so I I was living there and I was working in the restaurant business and uh, making good money but not really enjoying my life I, I mean I was enjoying my life but there was no purpose behind it right it was like okay make sure this person gets their wine and their water glasses are at the right level and their forks are in the right place. I mean that's not, for me I I thought there was more to life than that. And then I I dove you know, I I was on a mountain bike ride and and I had this kind of epiphany um, where I was trying to get across a bridge and I couldn't get across it and it was a bridge I had been across 25 other times and you know, just, just by changing my thought process, I was able to, you know, go over this obstacle without, without a problem. And so then I started looking at it and going, well, wait a second, if I just, all I had to do was change my mindset, maybe there's something to this stuff, you know, and then I started looking at um, grad programs. Ended up at Ithaca College in upstate New York Which is um, If you've ever been to Ithaca, it's a great little town However, it is a frozen little town And it does not not stop snowing From Thanksgiving all the way through March And it's just cold, cold, cold So after I finished my It was a a master's degree program And I did one year there And then because it was so cold I moved to Florida Um, uh, I did an internship At the IMG Academy Where you and I worked together And then was subsequently hired at, at that facility
0: and so, over the years, Josh, as you you know you uh, were at IMG, you know, part of the sort of the groundwork of of helping to establish sort of what that whole program looked like on the mental side of things. Uh, you've been working with thousands of, of of young athletes for you know for ten plus years now. Um, what do you kind of see as as sort of you know two or three just sort of kind of core ideas that are maybe often overlooked with uh, with uh, young athletes?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, with with young athletes, I think there's way too much of an emphasis on winning at a younger age. I mean, look, we got to learn how to win sooner or later, but it's okay to to let it come a little bit later and maybe to emphasize it when it happens, but not make it the goal. Does that make sense? So it's like, you know, I, I just see, like, You know even here in our in our local little league it's just like hyper competitive at such a young age and it's like man just go out and have fun enjoy it you know and uh you know that kind of drives me up a wall a little bit um so, I, I don't know. I, I think that the scary thing about youth sports is the, the early specialization for me as well. Outside of, I, I think soccer, maybe you kind of almost have to be specialized in it uh, a little bit younger. But other than that, and I, and I, I would say that just because of the foot skills, right. um, which is so different from every other sport. But you talk to our baseball players. And, you know, talk to our major leaguers. Hey, man, would you would you play Addison Russell? Would you play growing up? Oh, man, I played everything. Basketball, baseball, football. I played it all, right? And they didn't start specializing until they were, like, 13, 14, 15 years old once they started to get into high school. Um, but even in high school, they were still playing football. They were still playing baseball. They were still, you know, they were still dabbling in everything. And it wasn't just, like, this full-time job at the age of 15, you know? they. Doesn't make any sense to me. But I mean I get it. Parents are uh, concerned about their kids and they want their kids to be successful, but you know, one percent one percent of all youth athletes make it to the professional. So no, it's actually sorry, it's even less than that, I would think, because what is it? Two percent of all high school athletes make it to college and right. to college and then like two percent of all college athletes make it to professional level. Yeah. So I mean yeah. very, very, very small margin. So I don't know just that, that's the thing that kind of makes me shake my head with, with the youth athlete
0: and, and and how do you you know how do you help sort of the parent in that uh, equation as well Say that again, How do you help sort of the parents' perspective in that equation as well? Because when you think about youth sports, it's it's really the parents that are sort of driving driving the car. Um, and, you know, how, how can we help sort of shift shift that perspective from, you know, being winning outcome-driven to really being experience-driven more than anything? Yeah, you know, for us, uh, certainly my family, the, the thought process is that sports are a teaching tool. Uh,
1: versus a vehicle for upward mobility or anything of that nature, right? So for us, it is, it's, it's, you know, like look, let's let's take sports for what they are. They're an opportunity to learn how to be a great teammate. or an opportunity to learn how to compete. They're an opportunity to learn how to fail and grow from it, right? So those, and, to, and then you know, ultimately to win graciously as well. So those are those are the things that it, it's about what you really value as a family and as, as a parent that's going to come through sport and how your kid acts out there so if you only value winning as a parent then that's going to come through in your kid and they're not they're going to phase out right because that that doesn't carry you through um, you know at the professional level it's a different ball game I mean these guys are the best of the best of the best they're the 99th percentile of, of all athletes in their, in their sport so you know Winning matters there um, at a certain level. Um, but even with us, right, even with the Cubs, we we put an emphasis on winning at the major league level. Absolutely. But we don't focus on that, if that makes sense. So what we focus on is just getting better every day. And that's that's the thing that matters to us at the major league level. We won 103 games this year and ended up breaking 108-year you know, curse to, to win the World Series so for us it's not about but, but you know so we wanted to win certainly but we recognized quickly that the outcome will, if we focused on that we were never going to win so what we focused on is how we went about our business how we were being in a certain moment and I think you know for parents and youth sports that's more important does the kid give great effort? Does the kid listen to the coach and apply coaching lessons? Does the kid care about their teammates? Does the kid, if something bad happens to uh, an opponent, do they take care of their opponent? You know, those are the those are the morals and things that, that I think are, are way more important in your sport than than winning.
0: Right, and now sort of being this being this in this profession as long as you've been in it. Now, Josh, what, you know what have you learned sort of most about yourself as a result of of teaching these tools um, and you know and obviously trying to live them yourself on a daily basis? Yeah, great question. I think I think what you realize is that you're not
1: perfect, right? So here I am. I talk about being in the moment, and I talk about staying positive and what, what you quickly realize is that's easier said than done. Um, so for myself it's a matter of again catching myself thinking bad or catching myself getting out of the moment, taking a breath and drawing myself back in into those moments um, So the biggest thing that I, that I've learned is that perfection is is a uh, an impossibility right So the way to be per- perfect is to just be present and then you're perfect right so but to, to strive for this ideal that's been created of never making a mistake of not, um having problems of uh, not getting negative that doesn't exist right that totally doesn't exist so it's more about how you respond when you get a little bit sidetracked then than you know just straight reactions
0: and now you you mentioned that idea of uh, of being present not perfect now correct me if i'm wrong was that also one of the the mantras of the team this year
1: yeah, yeah, it was. That, was. that was totally a Joe Maddenism. Um, Joe's been amazing. He he comes up with tons of great little quotes and snippets that end up on t-shirts. We led the league not only in wins but in t-shirts as well. So, as you can just as Yes. A couple of them.
0: Yes, I, I I I probably could have taken a t-shirt a day, for sure. Um, but yeah, the, yeah no. the, that idea though, yeah, that idea I loved it and I remember when when you shared it with me the first time, but just that idea of being present now perfect and um, and and how and how it, that's a huge distinction. That's a huge distinction, not only for an athlete but for life in general. This idea of perfectionism and not screwing up and not failing, and um, and how that in itself can sort of put us in a box to prevent us actually from experiencing growth because we're so concerned about sort of protecting an image or or uh, or just not looking fallible or vulnerable. Um, right. Yeah, and and, and uh, what what kind of routine do you have, sort of on a daily basis that that you know that sort of helps kind of take care of your soul and take care of your spirit? Yeah, um, yoga meditation. Those, those two
1: those two pieces are huge for me. The ability to just take even five minutes to just sit and set an intention for the day it is massive. So if I don't do that, um, if I can for whatever reason family, kids that type of stuff when I'm home um, it, you know it shows up and then you have to catch yourself get yourself away in a, in a calm, quiet space you know sit for a second and just kind of set who you're going to be for the day that's that's a huge factor for me um, any day I can do yoga is a good day so um, you know sometimes you have to create that space whether it be Okay, hey, look, i got to hustle and do this meeting and that meeting, so maybe I need to wake up a little bit earlier to get it done, or maybe I need to do it in the evening when I get home or something of that nature. But, you know, those days are, are, are really good days often too.
0: Yeah. All right, Josh, uh, you know, I've lived in St. Louis on three different occasions. I've got uh, some family members who are Cardinals fans, a lot of friends who are Cardinals fans. Uh, so tell me about um, In Blue, Out Red, and uh, how that has nothing to do with the St. <laughs> Louis Cardinals.
1: <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with them. Uh, it's really funny because that, that uh, so that's, a, that's a breathing mantra of ours, uh, and what it is is really just an anchor you get back to, um, just get back to your breath. So a lot of times when you are in meditation or you're breathing and things like that, lots of different thoughts will come into your mind and you'll get away from focusing on your breath. And, and all that is, it, it's just colors. So when you breathe in through your mouth and or breathe in through your nose, light ice cold blue, and breathe out of your mouth a hot red, it just gives you something to focus on that makes you pay attention to your breath. So that's, that's where that comes from. Um, there was an article on the St. Louis Dispatch, apparently, about it last spring training. and Because we have it on our t-shirts, a lot of t-shirts, still figure. Um, and they really thought it was maybe something that was slighting uh, the Cardinals because we had beaten them in the playoff series the year before. But it had nothing to do with the St. Louis Cardinals. Believe me, we have the utmost respect for the incredibly class organization uh, of the, the St. Louis
0: Cardinals. <laughs> great, great clarification. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <problem. laughs> hey, Josh, and um, again, uh, all the years working with, uh, with with all these different athletes, um, you know, so many different professionals, you know, what, and, and I know we, we, we talked about this, this, this idea of, of staying in the moment, what, what are some other, sort of, what are some other universal qualities that sort of come to mind when you think of sort of uh, uh, top performers who are able to sort of uh, uh, sort of maintain that performance time and time again?
1: Yeah, um, confidence, uh, you know, over arrogance, right? So just a healthy sense of self and a, and a healthy sense of work that, you know, no matter what's going on, if they're failing, if they're... Um, You know, in a slump, quote unquote, then they know they're going to come out of it. um, Number one. Number two, I think just the drive and the willingness to to work their butts off and not be satisfied with where they're at and know they can continually get better. Again, that comes from confidence, right? The fact that, hey, I I know I can get better. Um, If you're not confident, you're not going to believe that you're going to improve. You're just going to think, oh, this is as good as I can get, right? So, confidence. Um, again, the willingness to work. And then really just, I think, taking things with a grain of salt as well. Understanding that, hey, while I care about this and I'm very passionate about this and I, and I give a lot of myself to it, um, it is a game. Um, and and there, there may be bigger things to life than, than just a game. I, I'm really thinking about, you know, it's funny, as we're talking about this, I'm really thinking about Anthony Rizzo because, you look at that guy, and, and he's got his stuff kind of wire tight. And, you know, he's been through some things. He's, he's defeated cancer. Um, he struggled to get to the major leagues. And now now that he's here and he's thriving, he, he you know, takes things with a grain of salt in a, in a good way. Um, you know, he cares passionately about the game when he's playing it, and he cares passionately about it when he's preparing. But he gets out of there and he. he he can, he can reset. You know, he, he's got you know cancer foundations, and he's got you know goes and he visits uh, people in the hospital, and he gives away tickets, and he, he kind of gets it. So, you know, that's that's what I think
0: of. It, it, it sounds it sounds like in, in a little bit uh, of a way that it's it's a sense of a sense of purpose or, or perspective beyond just um, beyond just the game
1: itself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, without a doubt. I think, you know, we always, I always, I've been saying this for years that purpose wins, right? If you have something, if you have a great why, you can get through any how, right? It's pretty right. right? So that's that's really what it's about. If you have a bigger purpose, I remember when we first set up our mental skills program and, 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 we started moving forward and started getting in deeper and deeper into the organization. We started to recognize that, you know, once we won the World Series, it would literally change the world um, in the sense that there's, you know, five to seven million people in Chicago. And then when they, you know, finally recognize that anything is possible, including winning with the Cubs after 108 years when something they thought was impossible, um, it kind of shakes the foundation of belief systems, right? So... We, we kinda recognized that and, and our purpose became changing the world more so than just winning a world series. Winning the world series is the start of it. Um, but now it's that, that next ninety of you know really emphasizing how we think, how we go about our business, you know, the things that matter to us as Cubs and where it really needs to be.
0: And and you mentioned belief systems and, and you were talking a lot about confidence. Um that idea that idea of confidence you know how does someone um really go about sort of uh, developing uh and, and becoming more confident you hear you know coaches and parents all the time say go out there and be confident um but but how do you develop that
1: yeah uh, uh, appreciations and a positive mindset so A lot of times we end up in sport looking at our failures over and over and over again and and, and focusing on those. My advice is really to look at our successes and take from them why they occurred uh, and learn from those. I remember reading a great book uh, by Clive Woodward called Winning. It was an English rugby coach uh, talking about the England um, winning the World Cup and and rugby, And and he talked about how you know, after matches where they lost, they would go over a film for maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes. Uh, when they won, they would go over film for three, four, five hours, because they wanted to repeat that. They didn't want to repeat their losses, they wanted to repeat their wins, and they wanted to repeat. Be- so, you know, that's how you gain confidence, is you look at everything that you've done that's been a success, you look at why that occurred, you look at the things that you did to make that occur, and you really focus on those. In addition, I think really appreciations are, are a huge factor. Looking around at what you have versus what you don't have, uh, I think there's a there's a big problem. Um, really, in, in, I see it a lot, it's just complaining, people complaining to people complaining, people earlier man it's it's unbelievable I mean I'm talking about here I am with my 10 year old at his little league game last spring and, and and the parents are screaming at the umpire it's a 10 year old little league game my god take a break take a breath don't I mean stop complaining about you know things that are completely out of your control just control you and so that
0: Yeah, yeah, and and uh, again, I, I think we could probably speak on the, the youth sports front um, from here to eternity. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we could. <laughs> uh, and, and just just to make one more point on that, as as obviously um, a parent yourself, a youth sports parent yourself, um, what's you know what's what's the number one sort of you know idea or tip that that you, that you share with your kids before they go out and compete?
1: Yeah, what what. what goal today I always ask uh, my kids if they go out into their whatever endeavor they're going to be playing in that day and and the goal is to have fun and work hard that's it those are the two goals did you do that did you work hard did you hustle everywhere did you listen to your coach did you have fun yeah okay good success
0: yeah and uh, and we seem to make it much more complicated than that (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 All right, Josh. Well, let me see. One more, one more question for you. I know you've uh, you've given me some good time here, and I know you're recovering from a cold. Um, it has been 108 years, and uh, you guys are in uncharted territory right now. You're you're getting ready to move into, uh, you know, off-season training for to be the, you know, returning champions. What how does that change how does that change, if anything, sort of the mindset and the approach as you guys move into the next season?
1: Yeah, I think the the only thing that it changes is right, so there was this external motivator of winning the World Series for the first time and making history and all that stuff. That doesn't exist anymore. Well what does exist though is how we go about doing our business. And so if we just focus on that, if we focus on you know, what we do on a a consistent basis daily. What are the things that we've worked on, you know, last year that really helped us? What are the areas we need to improve on? Then we're going to keep moving forward. And, And believe me, um, Throughout our organization, that is absolutely the philosophy right now. There are very few people who are resting on their laurels right now and listing on success. We are looking at success. We are saying, hey, how did we win? Good, let's keep doing that. Where do we need to improve? Okay, here, here, and here. We can improve. You know, it's, it, it's really like, you know, it's funny. I was on Twitter yesterday, and I was talking to coach people on Twitter, and, it, and we talked about win or learn, right? And, yeah. And what we came up with is recognize that it's win and learn. Yeah. All right, so we're going to win, and then we're going to keep learning, and we're going to keep winning, and we're going to keep learning, and we're just going to keep
0: going forward. I love it. I love it. So focus on the process. Don't get caught up in the outcome.
1: You got it. As Joe, as Joe, uh, as Joe often says, uh, the outcome blows. I completely agree with him. <laughs> I love
0: it. It sounds like another T-shirt. I ah, I darn, Darn, <laughs> alright, well man uh, I was trying to get some t-shirt rights on that one uh, Well Josh, I know your kids are probably Pulling at your uh, your uh, pant leg I got my kids pulling at my pant leg um, But thanks so much brother for taking the time To uh, to jump on the weekly yap And share your inspiration man
1: Of course Travis, anytime Anything you need man
0: I appreciate it brother, have a great day yeah, you too, bye